In a world where people are famous for doing nothing, we're here to discover the ordinary individuals who take giant leaps to do something extraordinary. Welcome to Moving Forward. Welcome back to Moving Forward. I am your host today, Krista Nepper, and I am excited about our next guest, Randy Relliford. In addition to being a very dear personal friend of mine, Randy is a successful attorney and is currently the Dean of Career Services at Whittier School of Law. Whittier is a school in Southern California. Randy, thank you for joining us this evening. You're welcome. I'm really excited to have you here because I want to talk to you about passion. If there are any attorneys out there listening, I think passion is something that you probably have when you begin your law school career, but it's something that is very easy to lose when you get into practice. And I know that you were a practicing attorney for a while, and you are now living your purpose and doing what you love to do. So can you tell us a little bit about that transition and how you found your passion? Yeah, sure. Um, I think uh, first and foremost, a lot of prayer went into it, right? And I, I um, uh, like as you know, I'm a very, um, uh, I'm very big into my my faith, um, Catholic, Christian, uh, but I think more importantly, very prayerful uh, individual. And I think one of the things that um, that I really did was was a uh, prayed a lot. <laughs> Did you think, meditate a lot as well? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I, I'm very much like a, a person who, uh, who, who, you know, I try to provide myself some quiet space to, to listen. Yeah. And for our listeners out there who maybe have not thought about or talked about the differences to me, prayer and Randy, tell me if you agree or disagree, disagree mm-hmm. with this definition. Prayer is when you talk to God. Meditation is when you listen to God. Yeah, I would. Um, I, I'd have to agree with that. I think you know a lot of. Uh, I might not necessarily call it meditation all the time because I don't really separate myself from everything. Close the close lights and just sit in silence, which I probably should do much more often. But um, you know, I, I tend to to spend a lot of time, um, you know, like a in in the prayer state, like when I'm kind of talking, and then. Uh, you know, in the in the kind of moments after, just just trying to listen, or uh, particularly like a, right before I go to sleep, or or right right after I wake up in the morning. Um, but I, to to get back to your your original question, one of the parts about passion um, and and kind of how I found mind was I, I started reflecting back on all the experiences I've had in life that I actually really enjoyed. Um, and I, I went and talked to someone who uh, act, who does what I do now, or at least did what I do now, and, and then decided um, after a while to go out on his own. And he and I sat down um, after I had to kind of twist his arm to get him to to meet with me, um, and we we talked about uh, we talked about passion. We talked about how to find uh, how to find your calling. And, then I went, and he encouraged me to do. Uh, you know, some more research. And he also encouraged me to think about the people I, I knew who were passionate, who really enjoyed their work. And I think that's one of the things that I really took exception to, because one of the, um, or uh, several of the people who I know who were the happiest with their careers were were deans at law schools. And so, uh, you know, assistant deans, associate deans, even uh, you know, the chief dean at, at some law schools, and I, I reached out to them and started talking to them about their job and their 
experiences. And after a while, it just it, it really fit very well with um, with my thinking in terms of my own personal career. Another thing I did, you know, and I was doing all these things at the same time. Um, I did some research and I found a company called the Highlands Company, and they they really um, encourage you, or at least their train of thought in terms of finding your passion, is that uh, we all have these God-given talents and these natural abilities. And if you find a job that relies heavily on them, um, you're then able to uh, to to kind of grow in that role and, and become passionate about it because it's uh, it, the job relies uh, on the stuff that comes uh, natural to you. And so I thought that was um, exciting too. So as I listened to you know the the people in the in the in the dean roles and, and people who were solo practitioners talk about their jobs, a lot of things started ringing true with me. Given the Highlands kind of filter that I placed on myself, um, I did a lot of reading in terms of you know being able to find your passion. And I think one of the themes that I found from a lot of the reading is that if if you're not passionate or you're less than passionate about your job, then you never really reach your full potential. I have to um, agree with that. Because you, you wind up uh, in a role where you don't do little extra things that are going to make you um, the best at it, right? Like you don't, you don't stay the extra 15 minutes of practice to shoot your last couple jump shots. You know, it's, it's just one of those things it, it seems obvious on the front like when you listen to that piece of advice but I don't think a lot of people think that way about it um, and then another thing I picked up from from reading was that um, you know if you are uh, blessed enough to really pay attention and find your your passion uh, you'll be able to reach that job a lot quicker than if you're pursuing something that you're not passionate about because again, you'll do the reading, you'll do the talking, and have the conversations with people that enable you to get from A to B a lot quicker than if you're applying for something where you're not very passionate about it. <clears throat> so, to me, you know, this job um, or being a, uh, a solo practitioner or a practitioner with a really good friend uh, were the two things that that struck out to me as being those that will rely most on my God-given talents and something that I could really get behind. I really like that answer. And one of the things that I guess I would say astounded me as I became an adult, one of the things that I remember receiving this message as a child was to really focus on some of the things I did not do well so I could start to become better and start to excel in those areas. But it was never anything that I had a passion for. It was never anything that I wanted to do because I didn't want to spend that extra 10 minutes practicing that jump shot because I knew I just didn't have the oomph behind it, the moxie behind it. And when I read, I don't know if you've read this book, The Seven Laws of Spiritual Success by Deepak Chopra, he talks about how you should go towards the things that you are good at. And it was the first time I had really received permission to expand upon what I love to do. I wish I had had that book earlier, but you really touched upon that in describing how you found your passion. And one of the things that you mentioned, too, was to do what you do best. So, Randy, tell us, and this is where you get to brag, but what do you do really, really well? What do you do best? Um, yeah, I think um, the thing that I've been blessed with the most is being able to develop and create relationships and not just like uh, passing relationships, but deep ones uh, with 
with other people. And I think uh, another one of the things that uh, I've been uh, really blessed with, too, is public speaking. I think those two things have come kind of exceptionally natural for me. Um, I don't get butterflies in the same way I think a lot of other people do uh, when I go out to, to speak. I can kind of keep an outline of what I need to say in my head, which is all things I thought everybody um, just genuinely did when they spoke. Uh, and I, and come to find out that that's, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a gift, right? Like That's right. one of the things that I can do. And I can't keep a very detailed outline in my head, but I can keep one, you know, large enough that lets me know where I need to go um, in the, in the speech. Uh, And I also, uh, you know, I feel like um, another really good talent that I have is I can come up with uh, a lot of solutions to a problem very quickly. Um, So uh, for example, um, in the Highlands world, they call it idea uh, idea generation or idea productivity. And, and my brain, the way it attempts to solve a problem is coming up with um, all the solutions. So regardless of whether it's a good solution or a bad solution, you know, my brain would just kind of flood with a whole bunch of different ways around the problem. And that, um, that you know, if you look at it the right way, can, can help you out tremendously. Uh, now, the same God-given Ability is also could be a detriment because uh, sometimes my head will get very flooded with a set of ideas. And if I have to pursue something and go forward, I need to be able to kind of chill on generating a whole bunch of ideas and, and go with one. Um, so b- b- being cognizant of it, I'm, uh, I'm really able to, to use it to my to my advantage um, in a lot of situations. Uh, so I think those are the things that uh, I happen to be best at. Well, I definitely agree. I'm knowing you for as long as I have about building deep relationships. Randy, listeners, is a hugger. Um, There's nobody that Randy will not hug. He is such a warm and endearing person. And really, you do ask, I think the reason you are able to build such deep relationships is because you not only ask really profound questions, you really genuinely want to know the answer and you listen when you receive it. So question for you about relationships and building your tribe. And I want to start out with this question, and hopefully it'll make sense to our listeners in a second. But Randy, do you believe in coincidences? Hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I do believe that there's some things out there that are coincidental, but by and large, I don't believe in coincidences in the same way that I think most people do. I don't, I don't think that too many things in this, in this world are, are just that random. So things happen for a reason. Yeah, I, I believe that things that things happen for a reason. Right? I, yeah, can you, absolutely. Can you tell us a couple stories maybe where you knew that for sure when you met friends, maybe dreams you had, um, some experiences that made that very acutely obvious to you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, one one thing that you, you would think on the surface was a coincidence but really wasn't I, I i was walking across campus and i went to penn state and, and late at night and i after after a party or hanging out somewhere and i was by myself and then i ran into another one of my friends also by herself and um she told me about this new cell phone she just had and some way where she can make phone calls with it um what year was this for free this was 1997 okay so cell phones were not a thing back then. Yeah, no. So cell phones were not a thing back then. It's not like everybody had one. So I ran across the one person that had one that I could use at like 2.30 in the morning at some 
awful, awfully late time for either of us to really be by ourselves. Right. And um, she gave me her phone and she said, you know, you can call anywhere. And so I called my mom and my grandparents at home. And my grandmother picks up and uh, talked to her. And my grandfather um, asks me, you know, when I'm coming home again. And I told him I was coming home in a couple of weeks. And, you know, we exchanged like a, you know, a series of what kind of like I love yous. And, and he says to me, um, all right, we don't see you. Uh, you see you when you get home. Right. And, uh, and my grandmother just said goodbye. And I said goodbye and went back to my dorm. Um, and then in the morning, my mom was just, my phone was just ringing off the hook. It was my mom. And she called me to let me know that my grandfather passed away. And that was one of those times where I was just like, I mean, I was, I was obviously like in shock. Like I, I couldn't believe that that happened. But the other thing is like to run across a friend of mine who gives me your cell phone at two 30 in the morning and says, you know, give, um, uh, you know, you can use my cell phone to call wherever you want. When uh, cell phones weren't a thing. When cell phones weren't a thing, right? When two wow. people who, you know, ordinarily, you know, we ran in the same circle of friends. So, you know, it wasn't unlikely. But not typically at 2.30 in the morning. But not 2.30 in the morning by ourselves on Penn State's campus. Right, large campus. And so that's that's one of the times that, that immediately jumps to, um, that immediately jumps to mind. You know, another, um, and that was a blessing. An absolute, absolute blessing to me in that in that instance, and, and further on in our um, friendship. Another time, had a had a dream one night uh, where my grandmother, who had passed away uh, previously, uh, told me that uh, there were two kids in the distance, and uh, she whispered to me like those, those two remind me of uh, you and Robin. And I looked over, and it was my brother with his. Uh, with his son and a baby girl. Robin being your sister. Robin being my sister. Those two remind me of me of, you know, of uh, you and Robin, my little sister. And I look over and it was my brother with his son and a baby girl. And then uh, about two weeks later, he calls me to let me know. My brother calls me to let me know that he and his wife were pregnant. I told him the story and he said, well, you have a 50-50 chance of freaking me out. <laughs> <laughs> Love your brother, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and it, you know, lo and behold, two months later, they called me back to let me know that it was a baby girl. And wow. I don't believe it was a coincidence. I really believe you know my grandmother and I had a very special relationship. I don't uh, think it makes me feel I, like I certainly don't feel crazy telling people this, um, but I don't think it was that much of a coincidence that she would come and talk to me. And um, when uh, when I told Justin about that, he was like, see, Nana really was, you really were Nana's favorite. <laughs> hey, Moving Forward listeners. If you're enjoying today's episode, consider supporting the podcast. You can purchase a copy of the Corporate Clichés Adult Coloring Book or try out Amazon Prime or Audible using one of my affiliate links, which you can find in the write-up for any of the episodes at BeMovingForward.com. I love that story. And it's not the first time I've heard from someone that a deceased relative has spoken to them through their dreams. And I've experienced that myself. My co-host, John, spoke about that in our first interview together. And I think that's just a natural place 
to connect with the divine. You're in an altered state and it's really easy to allow those experiences to come into your consciousness. That's yeah. beautiful. I think so too. So Randy, what was the hardest thing that ever happened to you? Losing my dad. My dad passed away when I was uh, 28-ish. So, young, uh, yeah. so while I was still pretty young, but he was also still pretty young too. And I think... Um, you know, that was a, that was a, it, we were just alike, right? Like my dad and I are essentially the same person separated by like 30 years, right? So <laughs> we even have the same name. And the way I interact with people, the way I, um, you know, navigate life essentially is largely, was largely influenced by obviously he and my mom, but uh, so much based off of the conversations that I've that I had with him. And um, I, think, I think that was, uh, that was an incredibly difficult, uh, incredibly difficult process. Um, and I still miss him to this day. And he passed away in 2000, 2006. Um, so, but, you know, in, in saying that he was, uh, he was very, very much a faithful Christian. He, he cared a lot about, um, a lot about other people and a lot about, uh, you know, about being a Christian. And he, you know, even in his, in his last days, um, before he got his sickest, uh, sometimes he'd be at the hospital. I, I would go to the hospital to visit him and the nurses would let me know that he was off, um, in other patients' rooms, uh, you know, singing, um, singing gospel songs to them or talking mm-hmm the scripture and he wasn't it's not like he was the healthiest man right like he's right. a man walking around with an iv uh stand right like and uh you know not even really walking around right like hobbling uh on like this apparatus that he would have in his stand and he, the nurses would say that he would sing to them and this he was just a that that type of that type of person and you know his faith. Um, he came to me one day, called me to the hospital, and, and I. It was so difficult to hear from him, hear this from him. But I'll never forget. I came to the hospital to visit him, and he wanted me to sit with him, and he just let me know that he was okay with passing away. And he was like, "Listen, I don't want you to be sad. I've lived a, I've lived a great life, and um, I'm that committed to my faith where I know there's something else. So yeah. don't worry about me. I am fine." Just take care of your brother and sister, right? I mean, you know, and that—that's kind of like the the language he always used uh, with me. And you know, he—I mean, he individually called my sister Robin and my brother Justin and and told them the same thing too. We, we were all kind of hugged up and uh, you know, crying at that point. And uh, you know, just looking back on that, like, and, and knowing that he was he was able to to get to that level with his faith. Right, gives me uh, all the insight I need. Right, like in in terms of um, the the he's okay, right, and that I'm going to be okay when when that time comes. Um, particularly, you know, just given all the other lessons that he and my mom gave me, match up exactly with that. And what was the most important lesson that you learned from him? Oh, so many. Yeah, honestly, the the one that stands out the most. Well, yeah, it have to be the faith. Uh, I mean, the the faith and getting to the level of of your faith where you know you you know, right? 
that your faith is correct, right? And you believe wholeheartedly in it. And, um, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm that type of way too. Like, I feel like, you know, people who know me know that I'm, uh, know that I'm a Christian and know that I believe very strongly in my, in my faith. Uh, but I also think another lesson that he taught me that, that, I don't get I get reminded of on a daily basis, right, is that when something bad happens, it's going to pass, right? Like he would always say this too shall pass. And it makes me uh, and he also combined that a lot of times with don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small stuff. Right. right? And so I think, you know, by and large, you know, I, I tend to let things roll off my back very easily, whereas a lot of other people, I think, have a hard time with it. And it's not uh, it. It's one of those things where um, I'm just thankful that that was part of the nurturing process that I got from both of my parents. You know, they both really believed in it and in a lot. And uh, you know, the other one is uh, he, he had a uh, he had a credo of uh, it was like scholarship, athleticism, and Catholicism. Right, that's what you stand for. And so I've always held those three things uh, to be very important. And so, you know, those, like, those are the things that jump out at me the most. But I know that in the car ride home, like, because I have that big idea generation, it's going to come back and be like, oh, Kristen, I thought of 15 other things. <laughs> and it's just, uh, it, it, but it, it all really, um, it, it, it all really just goes to the fact that I think my, I, I'm blessed. Like, <laughs> you know, I could have had any parents and uh, I got the ones that I got. You know, I, and I, I hope one day to be as good a parent to people as, uh, you know, as they were to, to me. That's great. Let me ask you. So, Randy, I know that you're a practicing Catholic and you are very strong in your own faith. But I also, having known you for so long, know that you are one of the more accepting people on the planet. And you're very tolerant of other people, including myself, who have different paths to the divine and their own different brand of spirituality. So how did you grow to be so accepting? Uh, it's a great, uh, it's a great question. I mean, I think the, well, again, so this is another lesson my dad, <laughs> my dad taught me, he was like, you know, the, uh, first of all, um, denomination or, or division is a trick of the devils, right? So, you know, don't, uh, don't dwell too much on people with different uh, different faith backgrounds than um, than yours, right? And so that that was one of the lessons, particularly related to the Christian faith, that that my family like believed heavily in. So we, I never really be, like so much believed in myself as being a Catholic, so much as a, as a Christian. Um, but then, like as I as I grew up, um, you know, one of the things that always stuck out to me about being a Christian. Was that you know to me the number one lesson uh, from all the scripture I've read from all the you know church that I've gone to is that Jesus was all about love, right and love right. for people and so uh, he would want me to be that way too, right so that's something that um, that I believe in strongly is is having that love for my neighbor um, and I think another one of the things. Uh, that really um, that really get me two things uh, that really get me to that place is that I, you know my faith is my faith right like it's it's individual to me right personal to you and I can't really inflict that on other people not inflict it but I, I can't really like 
take my faith and like superimpose it on other people. Right. That just doesn't work. In, in fact, to me, if I do that, then I'm potentially turning them away from hearing whatever message God wants me to deliver to them. Not, not saying that I always have a message like coming from the, the divine that I have to deliver to people, right? But I don't want to close people off for the for the reason that, like, you know, if I close them off, then they're definitely not going to hear anything that ever really comes from me. Mm. So, you know, that's uh, that's something that that I I kind of believe uh, really believe in. Um, and I, I think the the other thing that uh, about about faith and friendship um, and and love is that you know if you're turning people away, you can't really grow from them, right? So if you if you're not willing to talk to people, if you're not willing to have good conversation, you, you're going to stunt your own growth and good good relationships that. too. So that's why I don't like I, I have you know zero problems with developing close relationships with people that believe in things uh, vastly different than than myself. But, I mean, at the same time, you're also not going to catch me, like, going to a satanic cult ritual, right? Like, that's just too far, you know, it, like, upfield for, upfield for me. But it, it, it's certainly not going to stop me from developing relationships with, uh, with people from all backgrounds. I love that. And I love the lesson that Everyone has a story, and there's something to be learned from every interaction. Yeah. That's beautiful. I, I believe so. I believe that, too. I really like that. So final question for the evening. What do you think happens when we die? So, so I'll start. I'll couch it by saying this. Okay. I don't know, right? But my, <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yes. None of us know. <laughs> my faith leads me to believe that we will be judged for our actions, um, our thoughts, our works, our deeds, and that um, by living a, a good, faithful life, and in my, in my instance, that means leading a good Christian life, um, where I ask for forgiveness, and I have to ask for it often because I don't always do things the right way, um, you know, you, you have a chance to... to to attend the banquet that is heaven, right? Like to, to just, to be in the presence of, uh, of God. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful or faithful that that's, uh, that that's where my life will lead. That's beautiful. Thank you, Randy, for sharing that. If any of our listeners want to connect with you on social media, is there a way that they can do so? Uh, yes. The, uh, Feel free to look me up on LinkedIn. I think that's the the best place to to find me. My name is Randolph Relaford, spelled R E L I, F is in Frank, O R D is in David, and I'd be happy to connect. Particularly if they let me know that they uh, found me as a result of your show. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being here tonight. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining us tonight on Moving Forward. Did you like this podcast? If so, rate us on iTunes and Stitchers. Thank you, listeners. This is Kristen Nepper. Good night and satnam. Now it's time for you to move forward and discover the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and BeMovingForward.com. All rights reserved.